You are listening to Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. Because no good podcast starts with a salad. Hello, lover. Hello, darling. with yet another interesting and most likely thought-provoking episode for you all. Hey guys, I missed you. Oh, we missed you a ton. We have been gone for far, far too long. Way too long. I can't even tell you exactly what happened each week when we went to record. It was always something and it was always something huge right at the moment when we were about to sit down and record and we kick ourselves because generally record on on Sunday nights like we are tonight, but occasionally something comes up and we're like, oh, we'll record Monday night. Still gives us plenty of time to get the editing done, all that. Well, we would have been okay on a couple of those Sundays, but we chose to wait till Monday and then the world blows up on Monday. you know what? It just didn't work. Right. Mm. Cannot do that. uh, The most recent example I can tell you guys, because I'm still just now getting over the side effects of, but I I had what I thought was just a minor, like, normal ear infection. I've had them over the years here and there, like, oh, you know, just a a nuisance. And uh, it, it got worse and worse. And and here I am telling you to do what? Well, she tells me to go to the doctor, but she always, always says to go to the doctor. So I don't listen. I'm anti-doctor myself. so mean. I feel like going to the doctor gives you a great, unless it's something serious, you know, of course. But, you know, she did have me a little paranoid. She kept telling me, I don't want your eardrum to Rupture. rupture. And I'm like, that sounds horrible. So I did decide on Tuesday to go to the ER after suffering all weekend with uh, what started as a minor, got a little bit more serious, then almost went away, then came back with a vengeance. And I I wait for my turn. I go in there and, you know, I got like gross stuff coming out of my ear at this point because I waited too long. Yummy. And the doctor comes in and she's like, oh, looks, looks like you ruptured your eardrum. I'm like, wait, what? What do you, what do you mean? It looks like I, I ruptured my, like, Am I going to be like permanently? Shouldn't that be deaf right? What do you mean? She's like, no, the the body is a a miraculous thing and it'll just heal. And I'm just blown away at how lackadaisical somebody can say you just ruptured your eardrum. I can still hear out of my left ear. It is a little off, but yeah. So that that was the most recent uh, reason why these, these podcasts have been delayed. But we are here and we are here now. And I need a power source. You need a power source? I gave you a power source, my love. You are all set. You are so amazing. I would have had no topic without my laptop. Right, yeah. <laughs> so that that's just a little uh, insight into into my recent exciting events that have taken place lately. Do you it's have anything? It's been so exciting, you know, playing Dr. Mom, wife, well, 
doctor doctor yeah i yeah. like it when she plays doctor <laughs> hey now <laughs> yeah it gets, it gets pretty exciting so how are you guys out there in the listening world you doing good we are awesome yay <laughs> are we ready for some morbid shit well let's uh go ahead and tell them about the the beverage of choice i know you're excited about the beer that you brought us oh yes i saw this i thought it was super cool I got a bottle of New Holland Brewing Company's Dragon's Milk. It's a bourbon barrel aged stout. And I mean, it's 11%, so can't oh, go wrong there. <laughs> nice thick head on it. Looks like a, like a, oh, a root beer float almost. It's so oh, thick. Yeah. We're about to take our first sip here. I'm Cheers. pretty excited. Cheers. Oh, that's rich. Almost a hint of raisins in the background. I don't know if I like that part, but it is uh that is a rich you know what? I have had this before at that place in Oswego. Oh, uh, maybe maybe not though, because they did do their own brew. I don't know. I had something very similar to this. Very, very rich, very uh if you like really dark beer, and I mean like Dark like my soul. Dark like my soul. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's not you know, like your traditional dark beer, but it's like that with like that rich after flavor. Well, it's a roasted multi smooth beer from Holland, Michigan. And in addition to that, we will be, and this will be the actual spirit because I know technically wine and beers aren't spirits, but we we consider them spirits anyway. But we did bring. Another one of our like tasters to see if this is something worth buying in larger amounts. It's uh, another one of these stocking stuffers for my lover here. <laughs> it is Patron Exo Cafe. It is a a tequila coffee liqueur, which Ooh. I am. You already tried? <laughs> no, I sniffed it and went. Oh Woo! yeah, it's uh, it's tequila and coffee. I mean, it can't go wrong. I like tequila. I like coffee. I can't imagine combining the two would taste horrible or anything. Nobody can see my face, but I am <laughs> actually nervous to try this. I'm one. a little nervous. <laughs> Drinking them out of our favorite skull shot glasses here. Cheers, my love. Cheers. Smells like tequila. Mostly just tequila. I do like tequila, especially are you, Patron. Are you counting down I, I'm with just your snips? Prepping myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, that's good. It tastes like Kahlua almost. Yeah, that is that is incredibly good. I don't know what like this would be like a good dessert liquor. Yeah, like but, a little sipping after a good dinner. You have like a nice chocolate, you know, something rich, some rich chocolate cake or like a fountain fudge fountain thing with I don't know, brownie fountains or whatever. This would be really good with that. I think that's going to be the next painting after I complete the elephant painting is a brownie Fountain, just like spitting brownies. Yeah, <laughs> volcano is what I meant to say, but I like fountain better. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that's surprisingly really good. They combine well. You would not think, have you not tried this yourself, that tequila and coffee would be a good mix. Like I would sit and sip this. It's good, but I prefer tequila over this. It, like, that is tequila. No, like <laughs> straight up. You mean coffee-free tequila? Coffee-free tequila. Well, you're missing out, because this is delicious. It's pretty good. It's just, you know, I'm not a sweets person. It, it is very, both of these, that's the only downside. I am also, also, just for my sipping <laughs> beverage, having a margarita. 
great combination, by the way. A dark, rich beer, some coffee, tequila, or I'm sorry, tequila. Yeah, that's other right. Uh, hey, it's and, tequila and a margarita and a margarita. A coffee mixed in there. I'll just pour it in my margarita. Mix it all up. Oh, it's <laughs> me out now. I can't imagine. I like margaritas. I like tequila. I like coffee. I mean, you know what? And then just top it off. Do a beer, Rita, and put your beer in it. Oh, 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 this is just getting worse. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when you said that, I was like, oh, I do want a beer, Rita. And then I realized you were talking about this very rich, dark beer. <laughs> Not so much. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> I have legitimate goosebumps thinking about the concoction that would be. Yeah, oh. you don't have to. I'm actually sipping it over here. I can go more than think about it. Mm. Now I just got to take a sip of my beer. Grossing me. Oh, oh, oh my. Oh yeah. No. Wait, I need, I, I need a shot too. Hold on. I need some of this tequila, coffee tequila. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right, starting to regret these decisions. This is getting bad. I can't fake I it. Oh. It there was a half a second hesitation that that, that was bad. <laughs> I was like trying to keep a smile and oh God. He was playing it off until his eyes bulged out of his head. <laughs> the coffee, tequila, and the margarita back to back while I still had some in my mouth. Well, that was too much. That, that was too much. Oh, yeah. Those memories will haunt me. Yeah. Tomorrow morning when your head's pounding. <sighs> Why would my head? But this is Patron. This is high quality coffee liqueur and a low quality margarita. Oh, that's high quality. What was that? Uh, uh Denny's. <laughs> oh, I forget what kind of it. <laughs> like Suaza pre-mixed. Ooh, not Suaza. That stuff's terrible. It's uh, sorry, <laughs> no, sorry, Suaza. That was Aquarium. There you go. It's still not the greatest, but it's good. It's very. I it's enjoy pre-mixed. It. It's easy. Just squirt it out of the bottle literally because it takes too long to pour it out so you just (laughs) (laughs) yep if you want to get fancy you throw it in a blender but uh (laughs) we just pour it on ice i don't like them blended anyway i like my first margarita blended and then after that since my head hurts i like to switch to the rocks (laughs) because brain freezes are horrible and i get them every sip which i don't understand i I think it's because my brain is so large. I don't know. It, you know what? That's, that's what it is. <laughs> yep. Scientifically proven. All right. So what topic oh. do you have for? Or do you have any pre-topics? I think I just went off about my ear. That no, was my it's all right. You're good. Um, I, don't, I don't think I really have much to touch on. I know it's been a while, but I think everything relevant that I had has kind of blown by. Oh, no. So all of the pre-topics that I have built over the past four weeks have <laughs> become full topics. I have so many topics prepped because of that. I didn't like just wait to do. I have topic upon topic. And I, and the funny thing is the topic that I prepped for tonight wasn't one of them. <laughs> I literally yesterday was like, oh, OK, we're going to record tomorrow. And I just thought of a fantastic topic, something that I've been wanting to cover and that I saw something on it. And I was like, I have to do this. And then I woke up this morning and I completely forgot. Like it wasn't even oh, right. a distant memory. I, I was like <laughs> gone. And I was like, no, there's something I thought of. But what was it? And then when we were out to eat, 
something that was said. I won't give any other clues. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, that was my topic. So, so I quick- thought of it as I was trying to sit down with an elderly couple at the wrong table while I was distracted talking to one of our friends who was sitting at a different table at the restaurant. Yes, that All was right. awesome. Cool. <laughs> Just wanted to check. Love my life. Um, I, too, actually have several topics prepped because every time that I went to go review stuff, I would get so caught up that I'd prepped another topic. I am going to stick with the one that I prepped a couple days ago. Well, I mean, last week for recording. As I thought this would be released on Valentine's Day, mine has a kind of Valentine's Day feely. Alrighty. But it's still relevant for February and <laughs> the podcast. All right. All right. So that's your cue. Cool. <laughs> It's been a while. I don't, like, what, what do I do with my hands? What? Uh, but Where do podcasts go again? <laughs> so this week, I found a topic that actually sounds like it could be an urban legend, but it actually happened. So I dove in two feet. You have me intrigued. Now, before I jump too far into it, you haven't even started yet. I know. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to say <laughs> It's hard that, to jump too far in before you start, but all right. I, I want to say, though, that the facts on this case, since it happened a little bit ago, they, they're they not very um, easily found. You made this up. That's what you're saying. Don't look for it, guys. She just made up this whole topic. No. <laughs> <laughs> but after I started diving deeper and deeper into this and realizing that I couldn't find exactly the amount of details that I wanted on it, I did find out that a different podcast did a super deep dive into it. Ooh. And they're called the Long Dance Podcast. And without them, I wouldn't have gotten as much as I could. They have a whole series, like, I think it's eight episodes, hour and a half, two hours an episode. It's really awesome. But... Make sure you finish this episode before you ditch us and go listen to them. She's giving them too good of a review over here. Oh, no, don't leave us. (laughs) If you like what you hear, I have a quick topic coverage. They dive in deep. Uh, We kid. We are actually all for supporting other podcasts, and we'll do so at any chance. Once again, we love you, Morbid Girls. Holla, and we're so glad that the baby's home from the hospital. Yay. I did not hear you never gave me the update. I heard this morning that there were issues, but you didn't tell me what the update was. Well, she, yeah, yeah. Home. She well, she was supposed to be coming home in a couple days, and that's when they released episode a couple days ago. So, oh, fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed. Right. But without further ado, in Orange County, in North Carolina, which at first I thought I was in California when I heard Orange County, but what does that actually mean? Without further ado, is there a close up ado? Like what? What is ado? Is that another language? I think it's French. Huh. I'll have to look this up I later. bid you adieu. Ah, farewell. I bid you goodbye. I bid you adieu. With, uh, maybe Without like, further... That makes no sense. Those two don't seem to correlate at all. Maybe it's like uh, translated to like a pause between the next time that we speak. Without like further adieu. pause. But that would make sense there. Uh-huh. But then if you I bid, bid you adieu, adieu. It'd be like a pause yeah, until I, I like it. I don't know. I just made that shit up. Uh, no, 100%. That's what it means. <laughs> Don't correct us. Please do, actually. Share it on our Facebook. Let Let us know what it actually means. I will forget to look this up. I was trying to use my context clues, as they tell my kids to do when they're reading out loud. (laughs) 
contacts or context? Context. Okay. Yes. Even though I need new contacts. You always need new contacts. I do. Oh, well, I'm really bad at changing them every month. <laughs> so you would think that you wouldn't always need them. No, because I have to order them, and then I wait till it's too late to order them, and then I forget to order them, and that takes even longer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Get on that. So, without further ado, in North Carolina, on February 12th of 1971, Patricia Mann and Jesse McBain were a very adorable couple who were on their way to a very successful life together. Wait. They're together? Yes. Okay. And her name is Jessica Mann? No. She's Patricia Mann. Patricia Mann and Jessica... And Jesse Jessie McBain. McBain. I mutilated those instantly, and I'm trying to remember the names. Carry on. All right. I mean, I could have said it wrong. I could... I do... I am dyslexic as all get up, so... As I'm reading, I could have totally I, made nope, up I, I'm horrible with names, as everybody that knows <laughs> right. me knows. <laughs> well, Patricia was 20, and she was a student at Watts Nursing Hospital. And Jesse was 19, and he was a freshman at North Carolina State University. Jesse's a dude. Jesse is a dude. I totally thought they were lesbians. Um, nope. Mm-mm. He had a penis. I was excited. Now She had a vagina. Less excited, but carry on. <laughs> all right moving on um so patricia had a uh, valentine's day dance at the uh the nursing school at the hospital on the grounds kind of like thing going on but uh jesse her boyfriend could not attend the dance with her because he didn't have a car because it was his brother's night with the car is his name actually jesse man or did you write man to remind yourself that was the dude no her last name is man dang this is confusing (laughs) his last name is mcbain oh that makes it even worse (laughs) so jesse is the man but not named man yes okay (laughs) good fault (laughs) um what are we talking about again a Valentine's Day dance at Watts Hospital where Patricia Mann, but we're just going to call her Patricia to keep things simple. Simple. Or even more simple, we could say Pat, which no. she went by. No, Pat, uh, Patricia. No, All Pat, right. Pat ruins it. Pat ruins that it. That just reminds me of like Saturday Night Live with the whole Pat. The, <laughs> Anybody <isn't> a- <laughs> under the age of like 30 has no idea what you're talking about right now. <laughs> That's true. It's Pat. It would not survive in today's culture. No, not at all. Uh, but <laughs> well, that's what we're talking about. Patricia has a Valentine's Day dance. Jesse cannot take her because he shares a car with his brother as he lives at home with his family still because he's in college. Now, with a little bit of finagling, Jesse um, worked it out that he got to use the car that Friday night. And he surprised Patricia by coming to the hospital dormitory and picking her up to take her to said dance. Is it a masked ball? No, it's just a... I'm going to pretend it's a masked ball. I want to go to a masked ball. It's a 1970s, like, sock hop. Yeah, masked. No. (laughs) Well, you all know better, but I'm just going to pretend like in my head it's a masked ball. Poodle skirts. I can't even say those words together. Masked ball. Yeah. I can say mask. I can say masked. Uh, no, I can't. That's that's the problem. 
How was that sip, my love? <laughs> it was really good. Thank you. Good. <laughs> well, anyways, so he got this car so he could take her to the dance and he picked her up and took her there. And, um, you know, she was even more excited because in the dorms that she stayed in for the hospital, they had a very strict curfew and a lot of uh, strict rules about um, even like study hours. They no sound. You couldn't leave your room. No, like it was a very strict dorm that she lived in. But because of the Valentine's Day dance, they extended her curfew. Well, the girls curfews till 1 a.m. Bonus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, the dance <laughs> went off, and they had a really nice time dancing all night. And is that what the kids are calling it these days? Hey, you just wait a minute, and you'll see where this is going. Woo-hoo. Remember, I said this sounds like an urban legend. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. Now, the two lovebirds stayed at the dance until about 11.30. And around then, they decided to take the car down to... The official lover's lane. Like one of those lookout cliffs? Yeah, except for in this town, they That's had... by a dumpster where bears eat out of it? <laughs> no, that would be Minnesota. <laughs> okay. And I've been there. Not the makeout place, just <laughs> just the place where the bears eat out of the dumpster. Which is where making out should be had. Oh, no. <laughs> no, bears <laughs> will just get up on your car. Um, but... This town, they, they didn't have a romantic cliff, but what they did have was a... A Denny's parking lot? <laughs> close. <laughs> a subdivision that the roads have been paved, but there was no houses. We had one of those at the end of a cul-de-sac. So there was just a long road with cul-de-sac, 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 cul-de-sac. Nice. And then they got like different hotel rooms. The, the <laughs> unspoken rule was if somebody was in a cul-de-sac, you moved on to the next until you found yourself your own little cul-de-sac. Well, they found themselves a cul-de-sac. And it was wrong. <laughs> now, this is where it kind of goes from sounding like a 1970s romance movie to an urban legend. Was there a ring scraping on the top of the car? Nobody will actually know. <laughs> but after they hit the cul-de-sac, they won't be found for 12 days. What? Now, aliens. It was aliens. <laughs> Definitely aliens. So by uh, curfew, 1 a.m., all of her dorm mates instantly knew that something was up because she had never missed curfew. She was highly responsible, always on time. And her fellow nurses and dorm mates immediately let the, you know, the head of the dormitory know, like, something's wrong. She's not here. By morning, when she still hadn't returned, they were kind of panicked, called the police to report it. But since she had, hadn't really been gone for that long, the police kept insisting that no, they just ran off and eloped or they're not going to look for him because, well, at 7 a.m. they were supposed to be back by 1. It's not 24 hours. It's not our problem. Yeah, I think that's how it works. What, like 48 hours they don't do anything? 
But you have to find him within 48 hours? Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> the, you know, when you're a kid and you're slower than your big brothers and all his friends, so they give you a head start in a race. You got to be fair to the kidnappers and the, you know, pedophiles out there. You got to give them a head start. So it's more fun of a race. Oh, is that, that, yeah, that, down, that's yeah. how it works? Okay. All right. I get it. Well, the police told the, the girls from the dormitory that if they had evidence that would make them have to search immediately, they could call him back. Well, the girls were like... And if they do turn up dead, you get straight A's, from what I understand. Oh, yeah. I've heard something like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was true in the 70s, though. I don't think it's true ever, but <laughs> I think that's a lie. Is it a lie? I think so. Mm. Well... Hey, tell us if we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope that nobody knows. So... Hmm. Somebody knows! <laughs> um... But the girls called the cops back and they were like, hey, yo, they did not run off and get eloped because they were engaged with the family's blessings and they were doing things the right way. Another weird thing that happened was that night, someone called the local hospital claiming to be Jesse's dad, asking if he was in a horrific car accident. Now, when they called Jesse's parents, they were like, no, no, that won't me. Mm. That's really weird. Why would aliens call the hospital to see if there was a car accident? <laughs> I'm not following. I don't know where you got aliens. Definitely from. aliens. Well, um, and then third, they pointed out to the cops. Um, Patricia had never missed curfew, nor had she broken any rules since she got to the school. So, nerd. They sp- they sent a patrol car out looking for Jesse's car, and they did find it in the cul-de-sac. It was wiped clean of all prints and locked with nothing out of place now the bodies like i said were weren't found for 12 days after they actually went missing so this kind of makes the mm, jurisdiction kind of hard and it kind of makes it um makes more sense on why this case has so many holes in it because I don't know if you guys all know this, but police departments don't like sharing things with each other. That is very... We were talking about that earlier today at the restaurant. It's very difficult in today's world to find a serial killer because A, they like discourage new detectives from trying to correlate things to be a sort of serial killer. And B, you actually have to be incredibly lucky even today, even freaking 2020 for police stations to realize two cases are similar because they don't share with each other. Right. Now, the cul-de-sac where this new neighborhood was built was right at the border of Orange County and Dunn. So, looking at a map, it's kind of like zigzaggy right around that area. But they had a surveyor out working in the woods that kind of surrounded where that new neighborhood is going to be. And he thought, this poor guy, as he's surveying the land like he's supposed to, comes upon what he thought was a mannequin leg. And when he poked it, and the decomposing flesh moved, and he realized it was attached to Jesse McBain, and that he was tied to a tree and his girlfriend slumped over dead, he quickly hightailed it back to the nearest house. I don't know why you said this was aliens. This is not aliens. You said this was aliens. I don't know why. Urban legend is making you think of aliens. I thought they were coming back alive. They disappeared for 12 days, come back alive. That's aliens. These guys are dead. That's clearly murder. I said they wouldn't be found for 12 days. Yeah, I thought they were found alive. 
No. I assumed aliens. Mm-mm. You know, this reminds me, uh, Jesse is a friend. Yeah. I know he's been a good friend of mine, but lately something's changed that ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl <laughs> and he want to make a man. <laughs> <laughs> she's watching him with those eyes and she's <laughs> loving him with that body yeah, just... I just know it <laughs> that was beautiful my love thank you oh. I was looking for a right time to put that in there I figured after finding his dead body <laughs> after finding his corpse that, that was the perfect time yeah. lighten the mood a little you know. a, a we feel bad for Jesse and his girl also not aliens sorry to disappoint please keep listening <laughs> it's a little bit of a bait and switch here on you guys I think I think you were the only one who thought that this was about aliens. That's impossible. You know that guy with the crazy hair? Aliens. Uh, yeah. He's he's listening. He thought it was aliens. Oh, hi. Hey. Yeah, he still does, going? though, in, in his defense. He still thinks it's aliens. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I mean, the case has never been solved, so. <laughs> Definitely aliens. Definitely I'm not aliens. saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. It's aliens. So back to your story. Jesse's dead. Girl's dead. All right. So we've got this poor surveyor. Sur- surveyor? Oh, you feel bad for him, not the dead people. No, no, no. How insensitive of oh, you. Oh, my Lord. Goodness gracious. He runs back. I want back. you to start singing a song on the middle I of this. I will cut you. Anyways, he runs back to the nearest place that he can find, and uh, he goes to the trailer park home that is outside of the subdivision that's actually being built where the car was parked, and um, that was in Dunn County. Now... They called the Dunn police. <laughs> That's almost as bad as the sandwich police. <laughs> and <laughs> they show up, but Orange County also shows up because it's right at that line. I've seen this movie. Um, is it Super Troopers? They're fighting over the county lines? <laughs> no, that was just state versus county. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, but Great movie, by the way. Second one was actually just almost as good. Maybe possibly better than the first. Not better, but as good. Up there with, yeah. I, I appreciate both of them. I hope all of our listeners have ADD, because if not, they will definitely develop this, ADD or this while listening to our show. Like, I'm like, shut up already. We're out of practice. We'll get this. What do you mean? Again. This is amazing. I don't know what. Don't let, don't listen to her. No apologies from me at all. This is amazing. All right, we're just singing Jesse's girl in the middle of a murder. You're talking there about Jesse and his girl. Right. Yes, they were found dead. In my defense, not exactly the song, but come on. Hmm. Why would you bite the glass? I didn't. I misjudged how far my teeth were from the cup. Must be that dyslexia. Less dexia. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Where can I find? Oh, I'm sorry. Carry on. uh, I was just trying to. You were looking for your spot in line. I was. I was. I was trying to figure it out. Where can I find a woman like that? He's gonna be singing this for a week at least. Next episode is going to be open with that. Yeah, you better believe it. I'm actually going to contact the company, get the rights. Get the rights. <laughs> oh my! God. It's going to replace our intro. Now, um, when Rick the- Springfield is he still alive? Moving on, back to the dead bodies tied to the tree. Shall we? That's unfortunate. Yes, please carry on. All right. Rest in peace. So, when the police arrived, they found. Both Patricia and Jesse, we 
were tied to the tree at their waists and slumped forward after they were deceased. And then the person who committed this crime covered them up with a bunch of leaves. So as obviously a professional detective, I instantly thought... Aliens. Somebody they knew did this because they showed remorse and they covered them, right? I have seen CSI. I agree completely. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that I am a professional doctor from watching Scrubs and... House. House. And I'm also a professional detective. CSI, NCIS. Uh, what's the other one you like to watch? Oh, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. Yeah. That was but, no oh, you combine the three of those, you have every murder case that has ever and will ever have been covered. Yeah, and I have a punchline for any type of death. Pull the sunglasses off? That's only CSI Miami, though. I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they all do it. Anyways, but obviously nobody knows if the person who killed them knew them because, like I said before, case is still unsolved. And I'm not entirely ruling out aliens. However, um, Hone, who was a detective on the case that we'll kind of talk about in a minute, he was quoted at saying, so a certain degree of planning, absolutely, absolutely. And there was a strong possibility, we do believe that the suspect knew the victim. To what level, to what degree, is undetermined. Is the guy in the song singing about Jesse's girl? He's jealous. I don't know why he killed her too, though. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I feel like we're, we're a little off track with this song. Back to aliens? No aliens. Damn it. <laughs> now, um, what we do know from the evidence, though, because we don't, it's all we have to go back on because it's from the 70s and it went unsolved. But the couple was forcefully taken from their car and they were walked about a half a mile into the surrounding woods. Once they were there, their hands had been uh, tied and bound with a really thick rope um, behind their backs, and they were repeatedly strangled. Yikes. Now, when I say repeatedly strangles, the marks on their neck show that whoever um, did this first sat them down at the base of the tree with their hands tied behind their back. Then they tied their waists to each other slash the tree. So they're like sitting on opposite sides of the tree and one big thick rope holding their waists up to the tree. And then they put a rope with like a slip knot around their necks and they tightened the rope around their necks until they passed out and then loosened it until they and let them catch their breath again. And then tightened it and did this over and over and over. That's seriously fucked up. For real. Now, they know that that happened was because, obviously, multiple strangulation marks on their necks. And it went on for so long that both of them had dug trenches with their feet from trying to push up towards who was strangling them to try to get the the rope less on their neck. This is a horrifying image. Yeah. <sighs> Almost like, as bad as when you're inside the coffin, like trying to claw your way out. Nails are popping off. Yep. My fingertips hurt now. Thank you for the visual. You're welcome. I know you like that one. I'm actually out of breath from being strangled, but not being strangled, like talking about them being strangled. <sighs> okay, good, good. Now, the autopsy 
showed that Patricia had been stamped or hit very hard by a blunt object in the stomach and she was hit or stomped so hard that it tore a half inch tear in her liver. Holy cow. Not so great. Jesse didn't have any like beating marks like Patricia did and she didn't really have like a whole bunch of them. It was mostly like one maybe like stop screaming or something like shut up. Like, Maybe she tried to run when he was getting into the yeah, tree. Yeah, because like two people, one person, it's probably got to be a lot to juggle. I mean, yeah, I've tried to wrangle toddlers, and that was much. So. Did you hit them? No, God, okay. no. I meant like wrangle them, <laughs> so <laughs> calm down, not like beat them for the love of all things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but both of them did have post mortem punctures in their chest not super deep and they didn't bleed out of the holes so they know that it happened post-mortem well they they theorize because we don't know but they theorize that the pokes that were put into them were actually to make sure that they were dead because it was like enough to be like that would wake you up if you were just unconscious yeah so they just kind of like hmm Blink, blink. Yep, cool. Still alive. No, they were dead. Oh, that was the postmortem. Postmortem pokes. Okay. Yeah. Now that that was their like way of double checking that they killed. I thought them. it was when they were trying to wake them back up, but I missed the postmortem thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. I was still singing Jesse's girl in my head. <laughs> I'm so glad you listen. <laughs> it's hard to do a podcast with my wife when you're as a man trained how to like auto-tune out a frequency that matches your wife's voice it's a survival thing most men acquire don't worry ladies i know where he sleeps (laughs) (laughs) nervous giggles from over there (laughs) i sleep with her in my arms holding on tight to make sure she doesn't stab me while i sleep (laughs) smart man (laughs) now everything from this case was bagged and preserved between the two departments that were kind of fighting over jurisdiction over the case, they really didn't share evidence. And if they interviewed somebody and it's kind of seemed right, but then fell short, they wouldn't tell the other department about it. So then the other department was just spinning their wheels, trying the same things or different things and maybe coming up short Sounds efficient. But if they shared information, they probably could have gotten at least a little closer than they did because yeah. they didn't get close at all. Now, this is what's really cool. In 2010, the case was reopened by Detective Horn. Now, he reopened this in his spare time. The um, podcast the uh, that I had mentioned earlier, uh, The Long Dance, they were uh, investigational journalists and they started going through all this stuff and were trying to create their podcast on like a cold case that happened and because of that they got the police back onto the case and this guy took interest and he reopened it looking for more information it's super cool because now this 
all of the information has been stored for a long time, but it's been bagged properly. So we still have the rope. And we have this new invention called the MVAC. And Horn talks about it saying, it's basically an industrial type of carpet cleaner. It sprays a solution out and that fluid is captured and condensed down into a filter. Then all the DNA profiles that have been, that are on it, have been extrapolated. What? Now, it's super cool because their department got one. There are 80 in the entire world and only 40 in the United States. And their department got one and they're using it on this rope. So, there is a chance in the near future we will have a DNA profile. This was 10 um, years ago. Yeah. We're still waiting on the results? Well, no, it was, no, the case was reopened 10 years ago. Okay. All of this has taken... So they're still looking into this? Yes, they okay. are. It's, <laughs> that it's makes actually, more like, sense. it's an active case. However, he is, like, a very busy detective, uh, homicide detective. So yeah. he's doing there are, his like, job. Current cases that he's and working on. And then he's on. doing this in his spare time. Like, he's not getting paid to do this. He's just like, no, I want justice for the, the, the lives that have been affected. That's awesome. The only concern I have is that if that thing, there's only 40 of them in the United States, period, it's probably a, a line a mile long to use it. So. Oh, no, they, they um, I forget what year it was. I think it was uh, 2018 that they actually got it. I have a picture of it with the rope and everything sitting next to it while they're performing the MVAC breakdown or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how long it takes or yeah i'm just saying there's probably like a ton of people that are like could you please run this for us yeah for sure um but working I know on this 50 year old case really quick hold on but I, i'm glad they're doing it I'm oh yeah saying. because i mean that's the pessimist in me. um yeah. hearing the voices of the people who were affected by this so long ago and like even the people who lived in this town because in the the 70s when this happened they you know they're interviewing people and they're talking about well nobody locked their doors nothing no no crime happened like this the none of these things were that's imaginable. when all of the serial killers lived but this apparently like this town was like well 1971 that was like the start of it all yeah you should all be very afraid lock your doors hide your kids hide your wives <laughs> uh let's see yeah let's see so hopefully they'll be able to pull the dna from that, which I, I just really thought that was cool. That is super freaking cool. That brings out the nerd in me like nothing else. So with that being super cool, though, the sad thing is that's all of the information that's out there. Because anything else that's out there is um, either from the police, like they still have the paperwork, or one of the buildings that had a lot of the files on this entire thing, including like a bunch of the autopsy reports and uh, photographs burnt to the ground. What? So there was an interesting, well, it's an interesting case for them to try to reopen if there's so little information to it, try to, it, it really is. And like, um, some of the, the case files were in a flood. Some of them were just disorganized in an old jail cell, like in the basement that the detective found. Some of them burnt up in a it fire. It was a cop. Like, <laughs> no longer think it was aliens. It was a cop covering all the evidence. Well, I'm glad. That, 
um, that you no longer think it's aliens. Yeah, no, so. clearly. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess, hold on. I guess aliens could cause a flood, but they wouldn't really need to because how are we going to prove it's aliens? Makes more sense if it was cap. All right, well. Occam's uh, razor. I will say that the the number one suspect was a doctor that was at the hospital that she was going to nursing school in. He is still on and off the list and nobody has confirmed or denied how closely it is, but there is a DNA sample. I know that they have, so once everything comes through, they you know, they have samples of I think it was like seven people that they can compare it to. But a lot of the people, like the detectives that were originally on the case, have passed away. A lot of people who were being investigated for it have passed away. Right, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's really It's crazy that they even took DNA samples from these people if they didn't have DNA, like... No, recently. Like, the ones that are alive. Okay. And they, the doctor's still alive? Um, what is he, 100? <laughs> there is a, just... There's a lot of people going through a lot of extra steps to figure this out that, um, you know, some DNA things might not have been taken by like, here, I'm giving this to you willingly. But I mean, they have investigated journalists who are like, here, this can help here. This is, you know, we, we got this or like private detective, just people who just genuinely care. Yeah. I've seen CSI. You give them a pop and you take it away. Uh, see, I, we Put it totally in be detectives or surgeons basically easily but uh sadly this is where uh, i mean we have youtube how hard can it be (laughs) seriously i watch several i practice suturing for fun so i can tie them back up when i'm done i might as well just try i'm gonna start making you suture up the oranges let's do it but uh i know four different suture stitches nice i can teach you cpr Eh, it's not cutting people up Neither is stitching them up. I don't need CPR when I can take a lamp cord, cut it in half, and then use it to electroshock somebody back to life. I mean... All right. You do the CPR thing. All right. (laughs) Potato, potato. (laughs) But sadly, this is where my information stops. And like I did say, though, um, the, the long dance, they really dive super deep into it. They have great interviews. It was a really good resource for this. Because it was very basic information that is out there on the internet. And I really enjoyed that. I also got a lot of information from CBS17.com. They had a couple really good interviews that I got to read through. But it's like a cold case and I just want to know who done it. Yeah. But I I don't have the answers. So who did it? I don't know. You're really going to bring this to us and you don't even know the answer? That's why it's a mystery. Who do you think did it? Aliens. No. Damn it. <laughs> I think you're onto something with the cop thing, though, because every time they talked about evidence, they were like, yeah, this happened to it. Yeah, this happened to it. And, man, you should be a cop. Oh, I am on a part-time basis. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I just go around you, citizens arresting people. Full-time at your job and podcast and... Yeah. What do you think I do on those long Parenting nights? Parenting and <laughs> hot tubbing. Oh, Just squeeze that's that in. a lot of that, yeah. <laughs> what do you got for us? All right. So 
what I brought together is a little bit more of like just conversational, just kind of like deep thought, like conversation, the best way to put it. But it's something that I've been interested in a really long time. And one of the many reasons why I'm interested in it is because it brings together a lot of the things that I have looked into over the years and or just am fascinated by, of course, you know, kind of starting off with life after death, right? It's uh, something that plagues most of our minds. Is there life after death? If there is life after death, what does that life entail? And then, of course, I've talked about consciousness many times on previous episodes, and we don't know what consciousness is, right? Are you going to talk about an egg theory? No. What? Oh, okay. Egg theory? What are you talking about, woman? That, that, our server, busboy, at lunch. Egg theory? Yes. That was no. the video we told you to look up about how all of the souls are connected, and once you know well, about yeah, all this... It was that conversation that reminded me of the thing that I wanted to uh, talk about. But right. yeah, so... Well, you said it was something when we went out to eat. Yes, it was reincarnation ah. reincarnation is something that is extraordinarily fascinating to me and it, it ties watch something on reincarnation probably and that's one of the many reasons why i'm like oh this is a great topic i got to do this but i mean even silly things like i studied psychic vampires for like almost a year and i don't know if i told you guys this story or not but i ended up meeting a guy on the internet that was a professor at oh, I definitely thought this story was going totally sideways sorry go ahead <laughs> professor <laughs> at a university a like very prestigious university and he was studying psychic vampire phenomenon also referred to as uh energy vampires essentially rather than sucking the blood of another human being they're capable of and trust me there will be a full topic on this so i'll go deeper into it we'll have to um dive into that one together maybe we'll do a joint episode because the episode i have prepped for later is the difference between vampires and psychic vampires oh fantastic yeah we can definitely do that one together i like it i studied this for a while i actually was contacting people that were self-proclaimed psychic vampires and and you know quasi interviewing them i didn't have a show at the time i was just interviewing them for my own benefit like i was curious about it and this is why i love you right thank you or no something. seriously <laughs> because like your brain works in such a different way i would never reach out and be like you know what i'm gonna do this because i want to know like i love you because that's how you work <laughs> <laughs> well so this guy was writing a book on taking energy from other people and he thought that he had found a way to tap into a universal energy that was essentially endless but that you wouldn't have to deplete another human being's energy to acquire it right so he put together these youtube series and he was essentially the way he ran the experiment was you watch the video he had seven or eight words that were wake words and they would now with wake words six are of, you being hypnotized no okay six of them were placebo they weren't attached or associated with anything one of them was supposed to tap into this universal energy how he worked that out i don't know exactly that was on his end but he was getting mixed reviews most of them being like i am getting energy but it's not good energy i'm actually getting severe headaches and like just 
pain or however you like it's just bad energy right sick feeling no bad juju unhealthy energy and it dawned on me i was like let's say hypothetically your research is accurate it does work people were able myself included we were able to find the wake word and what he would do is he would send you an email and it would be like dot 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 like if you hit dot then enter enter dot enter enter dot enter enter so that like he'd tell you the thing on the email and then way down far there would be the answer the one wake word and it was of course you know you're only cheating yourself if you look but that way he couldn't just lie and tell you you found the wake word after the fact so you would basically you know find a quiet place and you would say the word think the word and then wait for some sort of experience and then go down to the next one, the next one. And if one of them kind of stood out to you, you felt like a wave of energy or like tingling or whatever. That was the wake word. And all these people that were getting this negative juju from it, it dawned on me. I was like, these guys are doing this while watching a YouTube, often sitting in an office surrounded by things like fluorescent light monitors, all this type of stuff. Right. So the people who are doing this. Are they also psychic vampires, like self-proclaimed psychic vampires, or are they just like the average Joe or people who just uh, are claiming to be sensitive or... So, yes. Like, just <laughs> a, of a broad spectrum yeah. of You would people. say if you were energy aware, if you were a self-proclaimed psychic vampire, if you were a psychic, if you were um, just your average Joe, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And he was categorizing like what percentage of people who are energy aware are able to find this what kind of responses are they getting and so on and so forth well i wrote to the guy and i was like look i you know i really love what you get what you're doing here i've been interviewing psychic vampires and i am very interested in this whole world i think there is some evidence to support it here's what i recommend rather than have them do it you know while they're watching the youtube you should put into the instructions in the video Go somewhere like at a park, somewhere far away from dirty energy, which many energy aware people refer to like fluorescent lights and oh, electronics and things like that. I as mean, dirty you energy. ever walk into a room and it's just like a buzz of yuck, like oh, yeah, fluorescent lighting, um, large generators, uh, refrigerators, just that hum that just pisses you off and you don't know why you're pissed off. We actually have a, um, a vent in our kitchen. Oh, well that, yeah, the noise does that but too. It, yeah. but, it, but it's an energy. It, it's a fluorescent bulb and it's, you know, when it's powered. open and it's just going like, we can be in the other room and we will just kind of be like, we're, we're never mean to each other, but we're just kind of short and kind of frustrated. And one of us will I go would call in the it kitchen. on edge, a yeah. little on edge, a little edgy. And one of us will go in the kitchen and we'll shut off the, the vent above the stove tab. And both of us will go. Oh, so much better. <laughs> so like it just it's just that that energy that like, yeah, I, I totally see that giving it off like a bad like if that's what you're getting energy from it's not gonna be good right so i this is not even the topic it was just so like i, I got I'm in sorry, this world I, I yeah you're excited. fine no that's it but like i got excited about this guy 
he really liked the feedback that I gave him. He actually ended up making a new YouTube series with those instructions in there and said the results were significantly better as a result of it. Is he the one with the book? He also had me, he told me I was, he was writing a book on the psychic vampire thing. And I don't remember how exactly, I think as we were communicating, it might have even been MySpace because this was a while ago, but it could have been Facebook. Either way. You're showing your age, my darling. Yeah. He saw one of my (laughs) poems and he was like, do you mind if I put that in my book? Because it really fit what he was going for and i was like hey, are you kidding me like yeah absolutely put it in there you know i kept the rights to it he put it in there uh he wasn't like we were just doing stuff back and forth so there was no payment involved but he told me i was going to get a free copy of the book and then i never got the dang free copy of the book so that was mm. upsetting to me but uh, so anyway you might be wondering what does this have to do with reincarnation it really is just what is the soul what is the body there's a book written by stephanie meyer the author of twilight. the twilight series is called the host um not my personal favorite book i think she had such a great topic and just went in such a horrible direction with it and the movies weren't even did it they didn't make it justice or no the movie was just like twilight worse than the book but also <laughs> it just she had such a fantastic concept a cool you could have gone in any direction with it and the, the direction she chose was just so lame to me personally not trying to slam her i'm like i'm super motivated by stephanie meyer because no, i i did not read the book i saw the movie mm-hmm. i read all of the twilight books including the did. fifth one you're so cute no, I, I, like, I'm, I'm fascinated because supposedly, and I don't. I later found out this might not even be true, but from what I understood, she had no literature degree. She had no official training in literature. She just had a dream that was so elaborate and so fantastical, she wanted to write it and put it on paper. And, and she's not, like, this is why I thought it was cool, is because she's not a great writer. Like, not to be mean, but she's not a great writer in the grammar, the you know, grammatical sense. But she wrote such a fascinating story that if you gave it a shot, even as a guy, like you gave it a shot, you read it, it really sucked you in. You wanted to see what was going to happen next. It wasn't like this fantastically written book where it was poetic and just, you know, uh, a a literature masterpiece or anything. It was just an average person writing a book that was amazing. And she ended up turning it into the Twilight Empire that is Twilight, right? So she's been, my point is, I'm not trying to slam her. The host, It basically, if you haven't read it or seen the movie, the gist is that our soul can attach itself, like it can travel through the universe and attach itself to any life form. It doesn't have to be another human being. It could potentially be a tree or it could be some sort of alien life form that we've never seen before or a dog or a cat or a cow or whatever. And it makes sense because like the soul, if you look at it, like from a computer standpoint, you'd have like all these wires that can connect. Uh, You know, I talked about artificial intelligence being in a computer and if you hook up like a webcam to it, then it can see. And if you hook up speaker, you know, a mic to it, then it can hear. And if you hook up speakers to it, then it can communicate with you. It can talk, but it has to learn how to use all of these different tools or senses that you're giving it. Well, the human life form would be very different than say a shark. A shark has a extra sense, one that we don't have. That'd be badass though. Yeah. But they're supposedly according to the host, or at least that thought line, there are beings that have like 
20 senses. We're limited to five senses. Some of us six. <laughs> but imagine if like you, you took your same soul, everything you but you like took it out of your body and went into a completely different life form that had only one sense. You know, it could only perceive light. You know, you did so whether or not you remember what you remember from the previous body is a whole nother topic. But the point is you go into this thing, you have to learn how to use it. Right. And it's not just the senses. It's like, imagine if you were in an animal that had, you know, a hundred legs, you know, a millipede or whatever. I mean, like this is crazy because, um, like we know everything through our five senses. Yeah. And then there are like Buddhist monks who, they say that they uh, transcend and they can um, leave the physical world and branch out and feel through that spiritual thing. And that's a whole nother sense that I don't have a concept to even wrap my brain around. And when I hear about it, I'm like, that sounds awesome and amazing. But I also have no way to conceptually figure it out. Well, I, a simple way to kind of experience that is... A certain percentage of our listeners, a certain percentage of the people out there have the ability to like wiggle their ears, right? I can. You're one of them. I am not. So this won't be as helpful for those of you who can, but for those of you who can't, <laughs> try to learn how to wiggle your ears. Like there's no... You should see th- his face when he tries it. <laughs> right. The, the muscle that they use to wiggle their ears is one that our brain doesn't connect to, right? And another way to, t- to think about that would be, you know, somebody with... Uh, a bionic arm, you know, like our arm is capable of doing, you can move your fingers, all these things. But if you were born without fingers on that hand, you wouldn't have the senses. Now, if you got your hand chopped off, that's different because you'd still remember how to control your fingers. They just wouldn't be there. And actually, that's another really good example, because if you went from somebody who had like one entity that had all these limbs and you came into a new one, your soul has to like learn how to use this body, right? Mm. Which kind of transitions into... If you ever are curious about or, or haven't really given much thought to whether or not reincarnation is real, in my opinion, and I'm not saying this is like proof positive that reincarnation is real, but enough evidence for myself to be intrigued by it. Watch freaking babies, man. Babies are incredible things. And like one just weird example, and I know this could go in a bunch of different directions, but starting from the axiom that reincarnation is real, it's a little bizarre that you can take an infant, throw it in water, and it just knows how to swim and hold its breath. Like, that's mind-boggling to me. But it goes so much further than just a baby knowing how to swim, which we could say is instinct. I mean... Even though you forget it and then learn it again. I was going to say, like, (laughs) yeah, instinct, I suppose, maybe, but, like, they know what to do. Like, they they hold their breath, they flip themselves over, and they bring their faces up to the water, out of the water, and then they breathe and they float. Some of them actually swim underwater, too. And you can't even float on your back. Well, yeah, for whatever reason... (laughs) infancy apparently i was made of blubber and rubber <laughs> bones though now i'm made of blubber and real bones <laughs> oh. um but so you, you take the babies okay like that's that's interesting that they just know how to swim but take some time and just watch youtube watch there's a, a one-year-old playing the piano 
And he's like 11 or 11 months or 12 months. And he's playing the piano. Now, here's the thing. What? It doesn't play the piano. 12 months. months. Yeah. Months. One like a year old. No way. Like a baby. And it's sitting in front of the piano. And now here's the thing. It doesn't have the dexterity that a real like full grown adult pianist would have. But it, it is slamming the keys and playing music and actually holding notes. But like. It's like if you took a song and you simplified it down to just the core notes of that song. All right. Like there's some extra stuff in there, but you can hear the song being played and this baby is doing it. And sure, in theory, maybe it could be trying to replicate what its parents are doing or whatever. I don't think so. Like, I don't it's not normal. Right. It's like that baby was a life before that knew how to play the piano definitely an old soul and it has remnants of that but it doesn't know how to like use this body yet you know baby bodies are like worthless they would die if you didn't carry (laughs) them around feed them and prevent them from doing things to harm themselves wiggly and but it knew like if i had the ability to move my fingers like i should be able to move my fingers i believe it would be playing freaking beethoven like you you have to watch the video of course i will be sharing it on the facebook page no are you gonna uh, like i don't want to jump too far from this but i have seen some crazy videos of children who remember past lives oh yes of course i'm gonna get out of that okay but yeah yeah. so then there's a 10 month old um oh no this one's a year it's like 12 months to 13 months a, a drummer and it's literally playing like with a beat but hitting the the snare or whatever the heck you call the like is that snare drum no, hitting the drums and then also the with the cymbals and stuff. Like it's like legit playing the drums, and I know that you know babies are capable of learning. So if you're like teaching it, that is different. And I don't know to what extent these one babies are being taught and to what extent they're just kind of knowing this stuff. But heck, I mean, I don't care. You take your average kid and you try to teach them how to draw, and for like. I don't know, 12 years, or if you count me, 36 years, they draw stick (laughs) figures and like look at stuff and they just can't do it. But then there's like, you know, this six month old or some six year old or seven year old or eight year old, and they're drawing at advanced, like extraordinary advanced levels. This is another thing I was going to say. You said the chopsticks, baby, faked. Because I've watched a bunch of them where the chopsticks are fully on screen. Oh, so both the chopstick baby and, unfortunately, the 10-month-old Asian baby drawing cartoon characters are most likely fake. Because the, the dexterity involved in that toddler using those chopsticks in the manner that it does, I'm just like, huh? Right. It, it, look, if they're real awesome, like, that's more evidence. Same that- age as... Our kids using a spoon and our kids flung it at the wall. <laughs> they were trying to hit their mouth, but it hit the wall. So. Well, Devin's 12. He still does that occasionally. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> not every kid develops at the same speed. I love you, Devin. <laughs> no, but for real, like you just I, I'm just giving a couple examples out there. And, and some of them, you know, like the now we're seeing some crazy, crazy stuff with these kids. But even if you exclude those and assume they're fake, you still have just incredible like skill sets in kids that are far too young to have them and it's becoming more and more often which would make I think, sense i think though that it's becoming more and more often because of the internet uh not because like they want to be internet famous but because they have the ability to share what's going right. on right like if there was a kid because, in indonesia doing it 20 years ago we wouldn't have known about right, it right exactly um 
It just except is. for Ripley's, believe it or not, would have brought it to us. But aside from that, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I totally agree. There's a lot more access to it now. So if, if these special talents, and that's awesome too, because if these special talents exist out there, then we're able to see it and start correlating them and you know putting together this data and being like, well, maybe reincarnation really is a thing. But I'm not done there. Of course, these are just like quasi examples. They could go either way. It could be, you know, all kinds of different things that would allow for this to happen, from genetics to uh, observation, nurture versus nature, all that jazz. But I always take it to you know the scientific. Not to say that it's proof positive, but Dr. Ian Stevenson, a former professor at uh, a a former professor of psychiatry at the University of Virginia School of Medicine and the former chair of the Department of Psychiatry and Neurology, dedicated the majority of his career to finding evidence of reincarnation until his death in 2007. Now, a lot of the research that is out there was done by this guy because he has again like when you start to devote large amounts of your study to something that would be considered not natural science a lot of scientists don't want to put their name on it right because then you You're can get lose funding or right in general anybody credibility just, yeah. is that what yeah. but he did uh found over 3 thousand examples of reincarnation during the time that he shared with the scientific community his research is talked about all over the world all over america with anybody studying anything from those things i was discussing before like around what time this was well he died in 2007 he did this all the way up to his death i was just like was this the 1900s? No, like, uh, this is reason, but it goes crazier than just like, hey, these people say they had, you know, previous lives. In a study called or titled uh, "Birthmarks and Birth Defects Corresponding to Wounds on Deceased Persons." Ooh, I've heard about this. It, Dr. Stevenson used facial recognition to analyze similarities between the claimant and their alleged prior incarnation, while also studying birthmarks. He wrote in his study about 30. of the children who claim to remember previous lives have birthmarks and or birth defects that attribute to the wounds on the person whose life the child remembers. These cases of 210 such children have been investigated, 35% of which like had legitimate wounds or birthmarks matching the, how they remember dying or yes oh no but they would actually go find the people like a lot so a lot of these case studies he was actually able to find the people who they claimed to be reincarnated from by getting information okay, out so of them. like like the um the deceased information not correct that the, for a second I was like, you found the living person of them? No. (laughs) That makes more sense. They They would go back and find the deceased person. This makes much more sense. Okay. And what's even, which they kind of just skip over, but of course this is part of the research. The fact that they're able to find these people to begin with based on limited information coming from a child. Yes. That like, they're able to track down the people who died you know like they're giving names and they're giving distinct memories of wives they had husbands they've had you know depending on boy or girl and like they literally would talk about these lives to such detail that they're able to find the deceased people who 
they have more knowledge. Yes, I was like when I asked you earlier about this because I just read about a child who had a intense knowledge about um, aircrafts from I think it was World War One, and he shouldn't have had this knowledge and also had knowledge about an entire platoon. I think. Oh yeah, called. I think I know that one. Yeah. And all of his fellow pilots, and he could name everybody in this picture, but he was like four, and his parents were like, we we have never showed him anything like this. Like, he just knows this stuff. Like, this is nuts. And of course, with anything that is bizarre like this you're always going to have the people that try to ruin it you're always going to have the people that you know get caught doing internet research or looking up and trying to like pump all this information into their kid oftentimes they're either blatantly caught committing the hoax they're able to go in and like find their search history or you know the kids will later just come out and admit it things like that but i mean these types of cases And by the way, this doctor spent a good portion of his time making sure that he was able to eliminate hoaxes as often as possible if they came, if he came across them. I mean, like one of, sorry, my laptop just decided to (laughs) puke at me. Um, It was singing you a song, not puking. Well, I don't know. Maybe it farted. It was a song. Yeah. It was beautiful. It's closed. It's off. I don't know why it's making noises. Maybe... Doing that will help. Um, (laughs) But I will say one of the cases that I saw, um, a a small girl from Indonesia. Indonesia? Am I saying it wrong? I don't know what you said. Indonesia? Yeah. Okay. Um, And it was not um, an area where it was, um, there wasn't technology. It was was just a very small town, very like... I mean, they're cooking on open fires and like this small community. A child actually could remember her previous life to an extent that they found her former family. Yeah, she that's was the able kind of to stuff we're talking about. Yeah. Them and she knew intimate details about her family. Like, what? But it wasn't her family because she was born years, you know. Just within a few years, well, old enough to speak and describe, but holy cow. And this has always been like kind of a tough issue for me growing up. I grew up in a Christian family and hold Christian values and hold true the Christian Bible. But, and I'm not saying I'm the master of the Christian Bible by any stretch of the imagination, but to my understanding of the Christian Bible... A lot of people think like, oh, it's either or, you know, if you believe in reincarnation, then you must be, um, oh, why did that just slip from my mind? The Indian religion. You can can be like a Buddhist or Taoist or, um. A Buddhist, definitely. There's another one that was on the tip of my tongue, but either way, it doesn't matter. But yeah, like these other, but like supposedly you can't be a Christian and believe in reincarnation. I beg to differ. And if there's any Christians out there that have evidence to the contrary, I'd love to chat about it because I've had quite a few in-depth conversations theological you know of you know theological conversations about this and i'm not entirely convinced that you have to choose one or the other i i believe that the christian bible could very much 
also support reincarnation because all of the things that you kind of learn throughout the Bible are about your life now while you're alive. And while, yes, you know, Judgment Day, all these types of things, I'm not going to go into the whole theological thing, but ultimately, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily one or the other. I think that you could believe both and not even be contradicting one or the other. I mean, uh, when you get down to the raw idea of energy and like that we are our spirit nobody knows what spirit is and there is an energy that transcends post-death nobody knows what happens to that energy and i definitely like who has who has that answer we don't but we can definitely figure out through um understanding the ideals that are around us that i this isn't just it yeah well and there's so many different ways that's why i've been fascinated by life after death as most people to some extent are i think everybody's got a little bit of a secretly or otherwise you have to believe like (laughs) is this it are we done after this and i think there's enough evidence in every different direction which again more topics we're going to be going into but out of body experiences if anybody has ever done it essentially even once and it and it's real which i believe that it is and it's been done many times myself i have experienced it i have not but i'm very sad that i did not because at one time i flatlined in a surgery and i have no awesome story to go with it i came back but there was no memory of the incident at all i like i really wish that i had like that moment but unfortunately for her, her dreams consist of waking up, having breakfast, uh, <laughs> drinking her morning coffee, going to work. <laughs> I so. do have horrible dreams. <laughs> not horrible. They're not bad, but they're boring. But I did not die, for the record, when I had my out-of-body experience. You can do it while still very much yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah, But what I'm saying is, like, most people are like, well, I died during surgery, and I saw myself on the operating table, and I saw a nurse doing this on the second floor and the third floor, and then I, whatever. I just flatline and then after when i woke up i was like what's up guys and they were like you're a lazy breather and we had to do an emergency innovation like what (laughs) that's crazy float out of my body (laughs) yeah um i i actually know people personally that have had out-of-body experiences as a result of death i won't share their stories unless they want me to but Ultimately, uh, I, I've seen enough and talked to enough people that have had firsthand experiences with these things that I tend to believe there has to be more to it. I've also had enough personal experiences with things like remote viewing and or out of body travel and or what I genuinely believe certain dreams are out of body traveling experiences. But ultimately, you know, there is no definitive proof because the scientific community, by definition, tries to find a natural answer to questions that may or may not have natural answers to them. You take a rock that, you know, the traveling rocks of I forget where, but they, you know, these walking rocks. Oh, I love them. Yeah, they're really cool. They're really interesting. There are theories, of course, as to what's causing it, but they don't know. That's the thing is it's a mystery. And while I do support some of those theories may or may not be correct, our job, like what if they're just magical rocks that float across the ground? No scientist ever would be like, oh, the answer is magic. 
they're always going to find some sort of natural answer. It's, it's by definition what science does, but it limits us to be able to expand our thoughts beyond what we perceive to be the natural realm. If there is something outside of what we perceive as the natural realm, we don't explore it. At least most of the scientific community does not. And when they do, they get ostracized by the rest of the scientific community. But we're limiting ourselves because if we're not looking for answers in those areas, we're never going to find them. And if we constantly just force answers where they don't necessarily fit, then we're not we're not doing ourselves justice and what the human mind is most powerful of, you know, imagination. Well, I don't want an answer for answer's sake. I want an answer for legitimate sake. Right. Well, you take something like, let's say you have a group of 100 people and they're, they're all standing around and like a ghost manifests itself in front of all of them. And you've got 100 firsthand accounts. Like, this is enough to put somebody in life in prison for life for murder. If everybody in a room, a hundred people all said, we saw John shoot Bob in the head. Even if there was no other evidence to support that John's most likely going to prison for life because you have a hundred witnesses, firsthand accounts saying, no, I saw John shoot Bob. But if all those same hundred people say, no, we saw a ghost, a ghost appeared like manifested in itself in front of all of us. Everybody says, Hell to the no, no, no. No, like they're going to give you a scientific explanation, even if it doesn't fit. And from a psychologist's perspective, they're going to look at that and they're going to say, no, this is uh, mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. And, and they're going to blame it on mass hysteria because, in theory, it could be mass hysteria is real. But for a hundred people to have a shared experience of the same event happening, I mean, uh, like, that's not necessarily what happened. Yes, in theory, it could be. And I know you try to go with Occam's razor. Well, what's more likely that ghosts exist and that all these people saw one or that they all shared a common experience called mass hysteria, yada, yada, yada. Ultimately, sometimes it, maybe it is mass hysteria, although I would argue rarely. I mean, my one of my favorite shows, um, sadly, you haven't watched it, but uh, Sex Education had a mass hysteria episode and it was quite amusing because uh, it's based in a high school and they all thought they had, uh, I think it was chlamydia because one of the students had it and they thought it was um, contagious through air and everybody was for and the whole school went into a mass hysteria but like honestly if one person thinks something and then it starts snowballing it can happen however on the other hand if a mass of somebody sees something true but it's so unbelievable it's so easy to be clumped into that same right. category. And and this is, in my opinion, two very different things. You take something like medical, you know, you, it, you could convince an entire room full of people that they're all, you know, have this bizarre flu and start throwing symptoms out there and people are going to start experiencing those symptoms. Well, that is very different than 100 people all simultaneously seeing a ghost manifest in no, front of I'm them all. No, I'm saying it's written off easily. 
They, they, but that is the point that I'm making. I'm agreeing with you. They're not, but they're, they're not, not the related. same. They're not the same. It's just easier to. That's write yes. Them off they take something thing. that is very real. You can have a group of people all think that they're sick of the same thing because you start freaking out about the fact that this right. disease is spreading. But this is not like a hundred people all experiencing. A, a visual object, something that you can see and, you know, you're, you're all sharing this experience. That's very different. And I don't know if there are even any, well, see, it, it would be impossible to know because I would say I would find it hard to believe that there's any examples of real mass hysteria cases where everybody perceived, you know, like saw an object and then it wasn't really there. But they're going to say that it was, so then they would say this there's a confirmed case. What I'm saying is it's, they're, they're clumping them together even though technically they're very different. Right. That is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I was yeah. agreeing with you. Uh, no, yeah. Now we're on the same page. We are. I was I'm... never not on the same page. I'm saying those two things <laughs> yes. both exist, two very different things. I don't believe that they're the same thing. I don't believe that 100 people all seeing the same, you know, UFO, you know, and oftentimes, by the way, these people, especially when it comes to UFOs, which is a little unrelated to what we're currently talking about, but those people don't even know each other. And yet they're having a shared experience. You can't call that mass hysteria because it would have to spread from one person to another. Right. And then they had the thing where like all these people were stuck dancing and they tried to say that it was like some sort of weird mass hysteria type event. Yes. And that, that they touched on that on a show that we watched. And then I looked into it and this actually happens. Oh, yeah. No, that actually. Yes. It, it, it was a real thing. People yeah, actually experienced. But we don't have a real explanation. I call freaking bullshit. It, that's not the explanation. It is not mass hysteria. That's not normal. That's not like. Look, anybody who goes to web fucking MD and looks up any illness on there, you're going to think you have it by the time I you get done reading it. I am dying. I just went on there. See? Sorry, guys. I'm, I got to sign off. I'm, I'm dead. Right. right it, that's web MD. Like it causes mass hysteria. Those types of events make make sense. Hundreds of people dancing and being uh, like uncontrollably dancing and not being able to stop. That is something else. And I'm not saying there is no possible scientific explanation. It could be environmental. It could be a number of things. It could actually be a freaking fungus because we already know that funguses are capable of controlling ants and things like that. Fungi is crazy. So it could be a fungus, but like I would believe that over mass hysteria. And it, it goes down the same line of like, look, you know, a bunch of people see a UFO in the sky, so they try to say that it's swamp gas, and people are just like, oh, that makes sense. Fucking swamp gas. Wasn't an alien UFO. Like, that shit pisses me off, and that's what my issue with the whole scientific community. I love science, and that's the thing, as you guys, as you can tell, I'm fascinated by it. I love it. I read it. I study it. But it is very limited in that it is through the, the narrow scope of our perceived reality, and that is the only thing that we're able to study without being ostracized by the rest of the scientific community, we should be looking into things openly like remote viewing, life after death. We should be looking into uh, psychic vampirism. This should be accepted. And while, yes, of course, the evidence should be widely scrutinized and, and you know, you verified by other scientists, just like but you shouldn't just automatically disapprove everything that isn't of what we perceive as normality, right? You've got... Well, we won't progress in science if we continue to look at what we know, because it's all about discovery. Yes, but we can continue to discover... 
in that realm you can build on it but if we're expecting to find answers like every time we have a huge leap it's a discovery it's not like oh we already knew this we're building on a foundation and then we figure something else out so we're not going to move forward if we're still looking at the past no, no, like that. That's absolutely true. And, and their argument to you know play devil's advocate here is that if we're opening ourselves up to things like psychic energy and you know uh, life after death, things like that, then all of a sudden, like, where do you draw the line? Are flying unicorns real? Are mermaids real? Is Bigfoot real? Like, if you have the scientific community with no bounds whatsoever and it just goes off in every single direction and you have entire sects of scientists trying to prove everything to be real, it, it would get a little crazy. Fuzzy. But, I mean, I, I really think, look, I, I don't see the problem with if there's a scientific community that wants to go out there and try to find Bigfoot. I don't think that he's real. There is Personally. One. I don't know. There is a whole community and right. they are doing that. And, and I'm not saying they're wrong and I'm not saying that Bigfoot's not real. Oh, I'm still waiting until I get proof. I personally don't believe in Bigfoot, but it doesn't matter because there's enough people that have seen what they believe to be Bigfoot. I'm 100% for putting some grant money toward, you know, exploring an area where the most big Bigfoot sightings you know, exist, but then expanding that research, like, hey, if we're going to look for Bigfoot anyway, why not, while we're out here, expand that research into looking for other, you know, unidentified plant species or insect species or whatever. Why don't we look into the crazy molds that are in this area? (laughs) Right. But I don't even know how they find those things. Like, I, I feel like every time that we leap forward in our knowledge, it's by accident. We're looking for something else and then... We hop on to, like, oh my gosh, we're researching ants, and then we found out that there's a fungus that makes them work for it. Yeah, you know, and I don't normally do this, and I'm going to wrap up my topic here, so that's the basic gist. I'm going to be going into offshoots of this topic for future episodes, things that I've mentioned, but I'm also going to give you guys a little spoiler into the possibly next or soon episode after this i get a spoiler the everybody gets a spoiler because we're touching on it right now and just how much out there is to be discovered when it comes to the micro world the microscopic world it is so extraordinarily fascinating but i I stumbled upon just a fascinating piece of information during my research it's estimated that there are over one trillion species of microbes that exist on our planet microscopic organisms that live and are having entire worlds happening around us on us in us right now everywhere but what's more fascinating is that 99.999 percent have yet to be discovered that is crazy And when you think about the microscopic world, and this is what drives me nuts, because like I love adventure, I love exploring, and you know I had this false illusion when I was younger that like I just was born in the wrong generation, there wasn't anything left to explore, and it kind of got me out of science when I really should have pursued science. But this inability, you know, this theory that there's 99.99% undiscovered makes sense when you consider the fact that if you take a single drop of water anywhere in the ocean. You can literally go 
anywhere. Take a dropper, take a single drop of water from anywhere in the ocean, any depth off the surface, in the middle, down deep, anywhere in the ocean. And then you put that drop of water under a high-powered microscope. There are about one million microscopic organisms living out their lives in a single drop of water. That is so fascinating to me. Like, if an alien were to, you know, discover that Earth has life on it, and they were to classify our planet, we would like to believe that our planet would be classified by the fact that humanoids live here. And we would, of course, put ourselves on a pedestal because we'd be like, we're far more intelligent than everything else on this planet. Look at all the fascinating or like discoveries we've made. All these look what we do. Look what we do. But the reality is, we are outnumbered by weight and volume by ants alone, and that's not even getting into the microscopic world. That freaks me out because I hate ants they freak me out more than any other bug and they're potentially smarter than we are they are very different form of intelligence you can't compare them it's not apples to apples it's apples to freaking bananas like the reality is like we perceive intelligence as like what are we capable of doing what are we capable of like understanding internet like all these things we've created whereas they've been here longer they will outlive us like, if a freaking virus, you know, coronavirus or otherwise, wipes out humanity, ants will go on. What is intelligence? Is it the ability to adapt and have, like, all these really cool things that really, what what measures success? Is it prolonging humanity indefinitely? Or is it the ability to survive catastrophe? Like our theory, oh, we'll be able to go to another planet someday. So we'll outlive the ants because if earth ever gets wiped out, we'll be on another planet. What if we get wiped out before we ever make it to colonize another planet? And these guys are still hanging out. I don't know. It's crazy. I got a whole bunch of really, really cool stuff planned for you guys with this microscopic world episode. Can't wait to bring it to you. You guys are going to be, your minds are going to be blown, but in a different way than I usually blow your minds. So I like it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Do you have anything else you want to? I think I'm good, except for I'm really stoked to do a vampire episode with you. I am too. Especially like a kind of switch up because it's going to be like a combined episode and we'll know what we're talking about because we always surprise each other. So I'm actually kind of excited. Like, I love mixing Whoa. it up. I, I think that's one of the things that makes us unique. Most of these guys have like a format they follow every single week where we kind of. We do. I mean, do we, ha- we have a format, but we do do a lot of switching. All right. I like to keep, a, keep them, keep them on keep the fresh. So make sure you check us out on Facebook. If you're not already on there, our Facebook group is at spirits, oddities and mysteries group. And our Facebook page is at spirits, oddities and mysteries. If you want to check us out on Twitter, it's spirits with an S oddity. And on Instagram, it's at spirits, oddities and mysteries. And of course, if you haven't done so already, please check out our Patreon. Consider becoming a member. It is 
patreon.com forward slash spirits oddities and mysteries become a samsonite just join us help us grow help us take this podcast to the next level i can't wait to do more of our uh ghost hunts oh yes absolutely she wants to do more ghost hunts i do as well of course but i really oh man i cannot tell you guys all about that we gotta do the the dark web mystery box it is going to be you guys will not regret supporting that if you choose to do so you will love it you won't it's going to be like (laughs) so freaking awesome and it won't take long to get there if we get just a few people to start contributing to the murder mystery not murder mystery i'm sorry start contributing to the mystery board because we got a new one to do uh, we haven't done it yet yeah we we love our um monthly subscription to our box and we're trying to solve a murder at the moment so we have our murder board in the room with us with all the uh suspects that potentially killed charles mcdonough (laughs) donah (laughs) but yeah so check us out uh hopefully guys enjoy the show and we will be back sooner than later sorry about the delay everybody we love you we miss you we're on this we are every time we say that that's when we end up with a delay knock on some wood there's a door right next to you all right (laughs) Love you Cue all. the dogs barking. Bow. Bow.